Hey, welcome to New Hope Underground. That's right. You know what? This is a jam right here, I'm telling you. I love our theme music. It's just all about it. It's groovy. It is groovy. In fact, I could just sit here all day and just listen to the theme music. Who cares about the podcast? Just Well, you could get up and dance and then we could video it. Man, I get all sorts of dance moves. Don't tempt me. <laughs> I got all sorts of dance moves. Hey, welcome to New Hope Underground. And today I've got with me the guy you just heard talking. It's uh, Ty Griffith. Hey, Ty Griffith. Hey, everybody. And uh, Ty, how long have you been at New Hope now? Oh, Charlotte was one. and she's about That's ready. not his wife, by the way. No, Charlotte's Char- his daughter. My daughter. Yes. <laughs> it could be very strange. I, t- uh, well, I tell you what, before you even tell us how long you've been at New Hope, tell us about your family real quick. Uh, so, uh, my wife and I have been married since 2000. So let's see. We've been married for, you got to get seven, this right, man. Seven, seven, not, not quite 17 years. It'll be seven, almost 17, almost years. 17 years. That's awesome. Um, from Diedrich originally, uh, told my parents I wanted to live in a big city. Uh, ended up moving <laughs> to Effingham. Came to Effingham. Yeah. I lived in Effingham County all my life. The big city. Yeah, um, so we have uh, two daughters, uh, five and soon to be eight, Charlotte and Sutton. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's and, awesome. Yeah. And you're an insurance guy. I'm an insurance dude. You're my sure. insurance guy. I'm your insurance guy. That's right. Tie, that's, tie your insurance that's guy. That's your claim to fame. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, hey, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having and me. Ty and I talk all the time, and we talk all the time just as friends, but we also talk on the Soma Bible study podcast that we do because Ty's been helping me kind of go through uh, the book of Mark a little at a time. And so if you have no idea what Soma Bible study is, you should check one out. We've got some Soma Bible studies going on. It's a a particular method that we use. And uh, anyway, I've got a Tuesday night men's Bible study going on right now. Start at 630 in the New Hope Cafe here in Effingham. And then there are a couple others. I know uh, Pastor Van's got one in Shelbyville on Thursday mornings for men. And Shauna uh, Dannenberg has a woman's study uh, for Soma in Shelbyville. Also, I think it's Tuesday evenings. But uh, if you have any if you want any, any information or want to get started in Bible study, or maybe you just want to know how to study the Bible, I mean, Ty and I would love to talk to you. Isn't that right, Ty? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, also, I... Uh, lead the zoom group on uh, apms on tuesday if anybody's interested yeah i'm sorry i didn't mention that oh it's okay i just got busy with thinking about yeah yeah ty leads uh, his own men's study on uh, zoom zoom group so i'm uh, hoping to see uh, more soma studies get started yeah it's really a game changer at uh, what you call it uh, engaging in the text so rather than picking out one verse and what does it mean to me it's really about engaging that text you bet so if even if you can't if you can't make an in-person study, uh, then come on Zoom at 8 o'clock on Tuesday nights with, with the tie. So, yeah, now, not, this is not the reason why he's here, <laughs> though, for this, this podcast. This is New Hope Underground, and we talk about behind the th- scenes, if you will, and talk to people at the church and just kind of get to know each other and also some of our staff and so forth. But um, So, Ty, I wanted to have you on because I really want to hear your, your testimony. I wanted to hear your... Uh, your life story, if you will, but most importantly, you know, when somebody told me a long time ago, the most powerful thing about our testimonies is what is Jesus doing uh, in our life? Uh, just not not just what we have done, and I know that Jesus has been moving in your life uh, quite some time. So, uh, I'm just kind of curious. Tell us a little bit, just to 
you know, about childhood a little bit. How'd you, were you raised in church? I was not really raised in church. So, uh, where my parents live in Diedrich, they're on one hill and on the other hill is a little white church, a non-denominational Christian church. So I think I was probably trying to get it right in my head, but I think it was probably about 10 when the pastor or I think it was a deacon of that church came to our house because we were close by. That's what probably pastors do, right? First thing they do is to get to people that are close in proximity. So, so somebody came to our house, invited us to church, you know, talk to my dad. Right. And we started going to church. And, um, so probably I think it was about two years later, my brother was, uh, four and a half, five years older than me. So it was probably about two years later that, uh, you know, he spent a time partying on Saturday nights and uh, couldn't make it to church on Sundays. Well, my brother was my idol. Darren, I, I guarantee you, if you ask Brant at one, at least one point in his life, you were his idol. My brother. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> so my older brother was definitely uh, my idol at that point in time. Yeah. And he was a little brother. I was a little brother. Any yeah. little brother always wants to do what their older brother does, especially the with the four and a half year age difference. Absolutely wanted to do what my older brother did. So when he stopped going to church, I did too. The other family members did did continue on. Well, how did your how did your folks in particular view faith? I mean, not just church, but I mean, view, how did they view faith? Did they have faith in Jesus? I mean. Yeah, I mean, the, the time around that, um, it really wouldn't have been uh, a whole lot of discussion. Like, we would have just went to church, and I'm not even sure that I studied the Bible at that point in time, other than this church setting. So it was kind of a religion. It was definitely more so. Going through the motion. It, it's, yeah, it seemed that way, yes. So when you quit church, it wasn't really hard for you to do. No, I don't really know that I wanted to go in yeah. the first place, to be honest. Kind of thing the parents made you do kind of thing. Yeah. And it was expected. Did you, I don't know, did you talk about Jesus at all in the home? Not that I remember. I, I'm sure I'm sure we did. I'm sure it came up. I remember that there was a, a big, huge white Bible in the middle of uh, one of the living rooms. I'm sure it did come up, but I don't really remember. I did. They did, they did give me a Bible, so I'm sure that we talked about it several times. Um, and my aunt was always giving me references and different things and different um, different things too, as well. So, so your brother kind of led the way when it came to rebellion a little bit against. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be fair, he was just older and he turned sixteen, and that's yeah. kind of the age that things like that happen. And I just somewhat followed suit. Okay, so Dietrich High School was was this bastion of <laughs> of, of rebels. Well, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm just gonna kind of <laughs> say it, like you know. Uh, Hopefully it doesn't happen as much now, but I, I think that, uh, you know, drinking and especially in high school is somewhat of an epidemic. So, so your brother really got into that. Yes. So what well, now uh, he obviously had a big influence on you. Mm-hmm. So what, what was, what was the reason? What, I mean, thinking back, what was kind of, uh, in, in, do you feel like you're, are you, I'm just throwing this out there. I'm just kind of, I'm just curious about these things myself when it comes to our stories, uh, do you feel like you're close to your folks? Uh, no, not really, particularly. Okay. And just then never really has, uh, has been that way or, um, I definitely, I mean, you talked about my brother being the rebel. He was really, you know, a lot like my father. So him and my father were essentially the same, uh, similar, the same person, as I like to say. 
uh, and I was not. I pretty much rebelled against a lot of the things. Although to be fair, like the things that he wanted me to do, like if if I could have chose, for example, I played uh, baseball and basketball. I played two seasons of baseball every year growing up from I think eight age eight to twelve or thirteen. Um, and then basketball, which was good for me. I, you know, I, I, I got fit. Uh, I get, you know, I gained some muscle from it. However, if it was up to me, I probably would have like taken karate lessons or found a, you know, played soccer or, or something alternative than what was even being offered to me. And that really wasn't, that kind of dissension really wasn't allowed. I got you. So you had a, your family was kind of just do what's expected, whatever, that, whatever that is. And religion was a part of that. At least at one point in time, yes. What? Uh, so your brother didn't really faith didn't really set well with him. Um, so I should say that at that point in time, uh, going to that church, you know, must have helped him and my mother because they actually actually both of them were baptized uh, at that point in time at oh, some wow. time when we were okay. going to that church, and then my sister would have been baptized, I think, two or three years later. So they, uh, she's, they she's younger than you. Yeah, she's uh, about eighteen months younger than me. okay. So she, and once again, some of that part of them going to church and their faithfulness at that point in time may be beyond me because I didn't go, so I wasn't witness to it, any of it. So, you know, okay, so your brother was baptized. You know, what did that mean to him? Did he stick with it or what? Uh, so, I mean, later on too, um, uh, you know, towards towards the end of his life even, uh, he did, uh, I mean, he, he did also become probably closer to God than he really ever was that I would have seen. So as far as sticking with it, once again, you know, we talk about checking the boxes and going through the motions. That's what, that was kind of the family mantra. But I can't, I can't judge how close they were to God. Cause I just really don't know because I would have rejected all of that. Sure. So you were kind of a reject mode, but he was somewhat accepting. He was somewhat so what, accepting. You said, uh, since he's gone. So what, what happened? Um, okay. well, so I kind of got a, I guess back up the story a little bit to tell. Yeah, go ahead. So, um, so I'll start with. Uh, so, I, I, in order to tell his story accurately, I have to start at this point. So, uh, it must have been a prom or a dance at high school at one point in time, um, and I, I was there, and uh, I was. Uh, so I watched. I saw this girl. You know how you get the prom pictures. Mm-hmm. So. You get the, there was this girl and she was getting prom pictures with her boyfriend and there was this just real strong urge in me like hey go talk to that girl that, there's <laughs> something about that girl that you need e- even though she's got a boyfriend and she's in a picture with him <laughs> even though she's got a boyfriend that she's getting her picture taken yeah. and 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 I didn't go talk to her at that point in time okay uh, and probably a good idea right because that probably would have started to fight I would hope that if you're you know you should have gotten to the picture with him uh, well hey. <laughs> I could have photobombed. I could, I could have been the first photobomber, Darren, because this was the 90s. So that probably, you know. So you did talk to her, though. So I did talk to her. Um, and we'll, I guess I'll, 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 I'll come to that point. So I, I did talk to her. Um, uh, but so probably six months after, later after that, um, a buddy of mine, we were all supposed to go down to Carbondale and uh, our traditional weekend. Uh, and we partied up in Carbondale, right? Like. We're talking about teenage drinking. Right. We weren't even 21 yet. We're going down to Carbondale to drink all weekend to be at a friend's house, right? So one buddy comes to my house. There's three of us supposed to be going down. One buddy comes to my, or comes to my work. I was delivering pizzas at the time. 
And he says, hey, let's go down there. Let's, let's go down there. I said, well, what about the other guy? Well, we'll go and see if he can get off work. Well, he couldn't get off work. So me and this other guy went down there. Other dude was supposed to follow us, right? Um, well, next morning, the guys whose house we we're staying at gets a phone call. And uh, I'll never forget it that uh, he gets a phone call. The other guy had gone to our normal drinking spot and flipped his car several times and was killed. Oh, my goodness. And uh, so and at, my, at the time... My brother, um, really the first thing he said to me at that moment was, don't blame it on the alcohol, which was strange for me to mm. hear. But apparently he'd had a friend of his that was killed because they were drinking and uh, playing chicken or something along those lines and something happened. So once again, an alcohol-related accident. Um, and uh, so I, I... So what do you mean by that exactly? What do I mean? What did he mean by that? I think? don't. I didn't really ask him. I just thought it was strange at the time. I, I I think that maybe he must have had he must have blamed the alcohol itself whenever his friend died. Like because you know he you know we all were drinking at that point. So he was saying know. he was saying he really there was responsibility with himself because he allowed himself to get to that point. I guess. Or? I guess he would have been saying something on that okay. along those lines, yeah. but I really didn't even understand what the comment was about. I just remember it. Okay. Um, and so I was kind of in a downward spiral. So I was, uh, actually I had knee surgery. Um, so it had actually, I think it was my second knee surgery and, uh, and I was downstairs in my parents' basement. I, I'd been drinking myself and, uh, something told me that, Hey, you know, smart decision. You should go on a drive, right? Like you should, you, the same urge, same urge whenever I was supposed to go talk to that girl. I felt that same urge telling me I should go on a drive. And, uh, well, this time I listened because I was like, this is weird that it keeps on happening. And it right. really didn't make really any sense, neither, neither time, but I guess this one really didn't make any sense. So uh, I took a, took a drive, and I stopped in front of this total country road, rock road, and uh, had no idea why. And I was stopped there for at least a couple of minutes. And kind of, cause kind of the same thing felt that kind of same urge stop, you know, and I didn't know why. And I actually was just afraid that the cops were going to come and pull me over. So I drove back home. Well, comes to find out that probably somewhere around that same time, 30 minutes, hour, maybe two hours time difference. I'm not exactly sure. Um, about that time, my, my brother had been back in town and, uh, he had been drinking and, uh, you know, flipped his car, hit a telephone pole and was killed on that same road that I stopped mm. in front of. Mm. Mm. So, uh, that was weird. Yeah. No doubt. So, um, and where that kind of all comes down to is, is that, that, that same urge. So, and I, so I did actually start talking to the, the girl that we reference, um, who had no part in any of this. I want to, I want to point that out. Um, so those experiences kind of led you to, some credence there was some credence to these urges yeah it to. was definitely nothing i'd ever felt before right it was strange to me um it was almost an overwhelming urge um so it wasn't like um it wasn't like hey go do this and you know you'll have fun or something like that it was just like you almost like you must do this right so i did go back and really i don't even know that this was particularly because of the urge but i must have remembered it uh, but so I started talking to the girl and, uh, and we started dating and, uh, she's actually now my wife and the mother of two of my children. <laughs> Did you guys ever have a prom picture together? No. You need to do that. She was, she, she, she was, do that. she was two years younger than me. 
So I got you. That's probably one of the. So you were out of school when. Yes, I was out of school. <laughs> I was trying to leave that part out of the story, but uh, <laughs> you were helping. Sorry. <laughs> so, uh, so the urges. I mean, it, so now you're like, okay, there's some good reasons why I'm feeling these urges, but you're still not sure where they came from. Yeah, at that point, I still was uh, unfamiliar with uh, where the urges um, were coming from. And really, I didn't feel it again, which is weird because that was, see, that would have been whew, over 20, probably around 25 years ago. So I wouldn't feel those urges for another probably 15 years. Um, and to kind of reference, uh, when Charlotte was one, we kind of went around to different churches. Okay, now, now go ahead. there's a big gap there. Okay, go ahead. So I'm curious real quick. Were you, I mean, you were really into drinking mm-hmm. at a young age. Mm-hmm. So were you addicted? I mean, there's no really no other word for it. I mean, yeah. uh, and, I, and I don't think, I mean, those out there that will be honest with themselves, if you're doing that at a young age and frequently, um, what, what else could you call it? What does, it, what does addiction mean to you? Spiritually, what, can you kind of define what it did to you during that time? Uh, really, it was almost the most important thing. Like, it was all about um, really being completely selfish. Uh, selfish, you know, you want to have a drink, you want to be drunk, um, you want to be part of the crowd and fit in, really, was what it was more for me. Um, because just to be honest, like everybody was doing it. It wasn't, you know, right, right. it wasn't just me. Easy to be accepted. Oh yeah. It may definitely, it, it definitely did. And that's what I would caution anybody about is I, I was just really, I was a really bad drinker too. That was the other part. I was really not good at it. Uh, Why is this so important to be accepted? Especially when you're younger like that. Why is that so important that you would actually, I don't know, Maybe do things you would never do or, I don't know, I'm just curious what you think. I think that we don't, we don't the loneliness, like we don't want to be lonely and we see, we can even see other people that aren't socially accepted and how lonely they must mm-hmm. feel. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's the part for me as a kid, um, you know, was part of kind of the, it was all, it's part of the family, it was part of the community. Um, and if it wasn't to happen, then it I would have probably been lonely. Now I probably would have found other people, but I wouldn't have been hanging around my Mm. friends. Mm. So how and when did things change? So really right around the time, well, right after my brother died was really when I kind of started talking to this girl and I was going to college at the time too. So I think that that kind of helped and I'm getting older, being a little bit more responsible. Um, so after my brother died, it, you know, I kind of went on a downward spiral for about six months to a year. And then after that, I started dating the girl we referenced. Mm-hmm. So I started dating her. Um, and uh, I, I still was, was uh, partying pretty heavily. Um, and it, it kind of lessened because, you know, you know how you like really like a girl and you don't want to be a complete drunkard around her all the time right like she's not that's no fun for anybody she doesn't see a future in that yeah so so you want to kind (laughs) of impress her so i guess that that was maybe the start of it um but so i would uh date her 
for a few years and uh, she would. So first of all, you're kind of rethinking your behavior because of her. Yeah, I'm trying to put my best foot forward for the most part, right? Uh, which is also something weird for me because I'd never really done that with with uh, relationships with girls in the past, right? Um, I just really wasn't <laughs> didn't really care what they thought. Well, it must have been special. You married her, so yeah, I married her, and she's <laughs> the mother of my two children. And uh, sometimes I, I I wonder how I got so lucky. <laughs> so when did uh, when did faith come into play? Because you had said that you kind of rejected everything for, so I'm guessing through this whole time you're still not really a believer at this point. Yeah, so I would have called myself a Christian. I would have never been baptized, but I would have definitely religiously, religiously. Yeah, yeah if you said that I, if I believed in God, uh, I would say yes. Um, Jesus was, you know, His Son. Yeah, I would have definitely said yes to those statements. Um, I did things like, it, like my aunt gave me uh, the Bible on on a tape in this. <laughs> she gave me the Bible or loaned me the Bible on tape, but revelation has all that, all those deep, dark words and meanings. Yeah, so yeah. I actually put the revelation tape in and just played it over and over and over again. That'd freak you out late at night. But yeah, but that's the reason I did it. Cause I was <laughs> looking for reasons to be weird more than anything. Right. It wasn't a sincere interest or search. Right. So when did this sincere interest or search start? So, really I would kind of see uh, my wife's example. You know, she would, um, she would read her Bible every night. She would pray. I would see her do these things and she really wouldn't force it on me. Um, But I would see her do these things and, you know, she would want to go to church and we would actually go to church um, somewhat. We we would be, and we found a church that we went to for a while. Um, And, uh, but for me, it was still not there. Like one time I remember, you know, she's strong in her faith at that point in time. Um, and uh, one time I remember being, and kind of referenced it on the Soma Bible study, but I remember not wanting to sit in that pew at all anymore. And as soon as that service was over, somebody was trying to shake my hand and I just ran by him. I mean, I almost literally almost ran somebody over <laughs> trying to get out of that just trying church. to get out, yeah. And a lot of it what was... What was the I, feeling going on there? Why? I think really looking back at it now, I really think that um, I started to realize kind of the way I was and uh, and who Jesus is and the fact that I was having to deal with it mm-hmm. made me very angry. Mm. Interesting. So uh, things progressed from there. At some point, you became soft. So, uh, Yeah, so I was selling cars at the time, um, and uh, I'll just admit it. I so I, I would pray every day to sell a car. That would be my prayer for the day, which is far. So this not, is you practicing your religion. This is me practicing point. my religion. Yes, uh, yes. Uh, my uh, the uh, the uh, provide for me gospel that some others teach about that I now dislike severely uh, was something I was definitely practicing at that time. And when when was that? Uh, so that would have been. 15, 15 years ago, 13 years ago, somewhere around that. Okay. So what actually changed in you then? So we actually, so we had, so we had our first daughter, Charlotte. And then, so Brie wanted to go back to church. She had wanted to go back to church for quite a long time. And I, I'd really put my foot down as to like, Hey, we got a kid, got a new baby. It's hard to do. Um, So right around the time that Charlotte was one, 
we went around to all the different churches. And I think everybody kind of does this. We go, go to, go to the churches you're interested in and, and hear them. Uh, and, and just kind of decide what church you want to go to before you just kick the tires, kick the tires. Yeah. You got to kick the tires. You got to see how long that sermon is. Um, so, uh, so we did came to the wrong place, man. So, so we did that. We went to several (laughs) churches. We went to several churches. They actually, the church we went back to now had childcare, which was, would have been good. Uh, The church that we were going to, that we had left kind of, uh, we went back to, they had now had childcare, but it was still very, um, uh, it was very still old school for sure. And then we went to another church where you had to, if you had kids, you had to sit in the back. And so we sat in the back without the kids uh, trying to get a feel for it, like we're not going to be able to do anything here. So um, then we came to New Hope. We saw the child area. Actually, the security guards did a great job of keeping us out because we immediately walked back to the child area and they stopped us and like, wait a second, where's your where, where's your sticker at? Right. So uh, so we so we checked that out. And uh, do they, they tackle you and put you in handcuffs? They did not tackle me. Man, and, they're not and, doing their and, job. And is there handcuffs? And can I become a security guard? <laughs> Um, do I have that kind of authority? Um, but so we, we were, we were, I don't even remember. Uh, I'm going to, it was a great message. So I'm going to pick on you a little bit. I mean, it's a great message. So I'm going to assume it was van at the time. Um, <laughs> of course. So but whoever it was gave, uh, gave the message. And, uh, so I felt that same urge that I'd felt whenever, uh, you know, the same urge that told me to go talk to that girl, same urge that told me to take that drive. I, I felt that same urge for the third time in my life at that point in time. And what did it say? This is for you. This is where you should be. This is where you should be. Mm-hmm. Now, how, when did things become real for you when it came to Jesus? So I would actually say probably post-baptism. Mm-hmm. So um, that w- so things became real for me when... I got to the point of realizing how much looking back on my life, how I had kind of made up all my decisions, how I wasn't really a very good husband to my wife, especially in the first years, um, and how that kind of made a mess of everything. And how if I had, you know, I still have the thoughts of like, hey, what if I had been committed to Jesus, uh, you know, when my best friend died? or right around that time when he was drinking, or my brother, for that example, um, what kind of impact could I had? So that those those thoughts still weigh heavily on me. Mm. What do you think has uh, just been the biggest changes in you that you've seen over the years due to, you know, just your kind of abandonment to faith, you know, just really following Jesus instead of just, just to be in your religion? What are the biggest changes you've seen in yourself? Uh, more so on selfishness, uh, aware really of the grace uh, that God has shown me because of Jesus and the fact that I really should be showing that to others. Um, it's because it's really, it really for before that, it was I was such a selfish person and still really can be at times. But I was a super selfish person. If you kind of got in my way, I would get angry. What is it? Uh, what is it about New Hope? I mean, you've been here for a while now. So, what is it about? Uh, I'm just curious because a lot of people I think who are listening are people who attend here, and are people maybe some people who haven't attended very long, uh, who haven't had the same kind of experience. You know, 
So I'm just kind of curious, like, was it what is it about a belonging to a church that has been very helpful? So to your faith, yeah. So. so after we started going here, um, once again, I, I felt I felt that same kind of urge, kind of telling me that I should go talk to somebody, possibly about getting baptized, and or at least continuing in my faith and and coming closer to God. And I actually came came to the office and was actually looking for Van to be honest, and uh, they gave me Tyler. Um, <laughs> and so, but I, but I don't, I don't, I don't think that as a negative because I actually think it was meant to be that way. So Tyler actually, uh, uh, after we talked, he invited me to his small group and I started going, attending his small group. Um, so that had a huge impact on me. Um, so going to that small group and talking to being around guys, talking about scripture, talking about problems that we had in our everyday lives, um, that 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 began that began to be a difference maker for me because I was going Sunday to Sunday and it would be like okay I heard a great message on Sunday and then by Tuesday it's Ty's world again I'm back I'm back in here so right. so having that group really kind of catapulted me into a closer relationship with Jesus. So what do you suggest to people who are listening? You know, as to how they might take an active role in furthering the relationship with Christ. Uh, well, I would definitely suggest a small group. Um, I love, love the Soma group we referenced earlier, uh, just because you really need to be in Scripture quite often, often and early. Um, it forces me. I mean, we're talking three, four hours of Bible study a week. Right. Um, so I would, I would definitely say get around a group of your same preferably your same gender or a small group of couples or whatever the case may be get around people that you know or at least have some sort of relationship in and really foster and grow that relationship so that when the storms come they can they can reference scripture to you um they can they can help you on your walk and and point you back to jesus each and every time well that's awesome man yeah i really appreciate your story appreciate you sharing it with everybody is there anything I just leave? I was going to leave an open mic here for you for a second. Anything you want to, yeah, want to share? Well, I'm I'm not sure if uh, if I actually said it, but so the the urging moments that we're talking about, um, that I do believe that that was the Holy Spirit. And some people have said things like, "You don't really receive the Holy Spirit until you're baptized." I did find out that um, my aunt had been, you know, they actually would pray for not just they would pray for generations. So I'd had people that were praying for me before I was even born, wow. like intercessory yeah. prayer. And so I, that's, that's why I always go back to that part because I mean, I can't help but think that, you know, due to their faith was maybe one reason why, you know, mm. Jesus never gave up on me. He's constantly coming after me. Mm. Well, I think the Holy Spirit sure definitely whispers in our, you know, people's ears, you know, that's for sure. Even if they're not, saved or don't don't know him yet it you know he's obviously required for us to get to know him <laughs> without him you know we're not going to know jesus that's for sure so no, that's really good stuff you know i think that um when it comes to our, our our testimony i love the word testimony because it comes from you know you think of testify and you think of a courtroom type kind of situation when you hear the word testify uh, but, it, you know, what is that about? It's like say, well, it's basically trying to tell people what I've seen. You know, if I'm a, if I am a witness, is to, to say, what I, what have I seen? What have I experienced? And let me tell you that. 
And so I appreciate you doing that, Ty, for yeah, us. Yeah, I do have okay. one one more thing to say. Sure. For, for uh, especially if there's anybody out there trying to disciple to others, um, that at least a half a dozen times there was somebody that tried to step out in their faith and, uh, you know, speak, talk to me about Jesus and tell me who he was. And I completely rejected all of them. But I remember each one of those conversations. So I also believe that those seeds were planted mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. So if you do that and you get rejected, do not lose faith because of that, because those seeds that you're planting are probably going to grow and just keep on telling people about the God that you know, who is God to you? Because they probably yeah. don't, they don't realize who God is to you. They realize who God ha- is to the world and what they've been told by the world of who God is. That's so good. Because so many people have a, a, a stereotype, bad stereotype of who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. And um, we need to we need to kind of uh, get that straightened out. Yes. <laughs> Offer people the best we can and let them know what, what we've seen and what we've heard and how we've experienced him. Well, thanks, Ty. This has been great. Yeah. And I tell you what, tune in again when we have uh, another interview or two. And we're actually going to introduce a little bit of a different format. Uh, so make sure you tune back in in a couple weeks. Thanks for listening to New Hope Underground.